You're listening to The Impulse Project, featuring music from the demo scene and the tracking community. Welcome back to the Impulse Project, featuring music from the demo scene and the tracking community. I am Ed, and with me, as always, is Brian, and we've got a very interesting show today. This is episode 40, Introduction to Beeper Music. Yes, if if you didn't notice uh, by that intro track, 
we uh yeah whenever we hit a a fifth episode a multiple of five we like to bring in or introduce new hardware uh or new sound chip something along those lines this is pretty much as far removed from sound chips as we can possibly be with the uh most basic hardware the pc speaker or the beeper and uh, I'm excited for this episode because, I mean, it was a long time coming, right? We've been talking about kind of doing beeper music for a while. Yeah. And uh, I think we've got a lot of really good tracks. It, look, it's not everybody's cup of tea because some of the, the sounds are, are kind of harsh and not everybody can totally get behind some of the stuff. But I think that we have a, a very good selection that will actually surprise you on how much good stuff can come out of a very simple one bit sound hardware. Right. And I think the, the, the concept there is what you just said is that it's more of an appreciation of what people are doing with such limited hardware versus having something sound as nice as a really well produced like Amiga mod tracker file. Right. You know, um, so you're going to hear a lot of grittiness here. You're going to hear a lot of interesting tones and interesting musical choices. A lot of it is really, really good and really, really listenable. Right. But you're going to hear some some very gritty, hard stuff, too, which I know I'm a fan of personally, but it might not be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. This was actually a harder topic to pinpoint than I originally thought. So we, we said we wanted to do beeper stuff, but like where does where do we draw the lines, right? Because there is a lot of really great kind of one-bit audio stuff floating around that's not necessarily beeper. Um, it might be uh, like there was something really interesting on the uh, MSX. Somebody created this this driver that handles like keyboard clicks. And like whenever you uh, press down on the keyboard, it like has this little tone that it generates and people were making music out of that. Wow, I mean, cool. so there's there's a lot of these really kind of niche one bit audio hardware things, I guess, to <laughs> use. Um, but we wanted to kind of focus more on the uh, traditional PC speaker beeper that you found in a lot of IBM PCs or the ZX Spectrum. So it was introduced with the IBM PC model 5150 in 1981. Uh, the PC speaker or the beeper was designed to produce very basic system beats. Essentially, it was a single square web generator either on or off, no volume control, that's it. Mostly used for computer diagnostics. So. Ed, you're in tech, right? So I'm sure one of the things you remember from back in the day working on other people's computers was uh, error diagnostic codes, bad RAM, bad you know video card or whatever. Sure. And that was the way to signal to the technician on like what I can do when I have nothing on the screen. And of course, some composers figured out how to do some really clever tricks. And even though it's very limited hardware, with very careful and precise composing, an artist could do amazing things and really push the hardware to places it was never intended to go and we saw a lot of this in early games you know even though the sound card the sound chip was introduced pretty soon after the pc speaker or the beeper was always kind of like a fallback for a lot of games and um i think that if you want an experience you want to create these experiences that people were seeing in arcades around the time they needed to have something that was more than just you know, no audio at all. And so this was at least something to deliver sound and some kind of, you know, audio feedback to the player or to somebody who was trying to experience this software, this, you know, game. Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember playing very early games on my, I think it was a Windows 95 machine, but I was playing DOS games on it. And, you know, the beeper would take care of the sound effects. You'd be little blips and bloops every time you jumped, devoid of music altogether. Uh, and then being an IT technician later on, 
uh, when a computer would start up, if the, the RAM was bad or the memory was bad, it would just beep in a certain pattern, and that would you would look that up on the web or look it up in the manual, and that would tell you what was wrong with the computer. So the, the, the beeper speaker was a very utilitarian device in your machine, and it was obviously not made for music at all. And then I remember getting, later on, some more advanced games came out. Um, some of the stuff by, I think, like Apogee Software would have beeper music in it. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I had a sound card in mind, but, you know, you can flick between the different sound card options. And I used to love doing that to hear how the different music sounded. And every once in a while, I'd come across one that had beeper music in it. And I'd turn it on, and I'd be like, whoa, this is really harsh. Because back then, it was just <laughs> it was just monophonic, and it would just kind of like be a loose interpretation of what the MIDI or the ad-lib card would, would generate when you had those selected. So I never... I don't think I ever ended up playing a game with beeper music as the the default, uh, you know, the background music. But it was really interesting. No Commander Keen in uh, in beeper mode. Not beeper mode. Definitely MIDI. <laughs> definitely MIDI for that. But how it basically works technically is that there's a five volt charge that's sent to the speaker to indicate tone on or off. And sound engineers discovered that if you rapidly sent electrical pulses to the speaker at different intervals, you can change the tone of the beeper. And then by using the physical capabilities and limitations of that speaker, the engineers started using pulse width modulation signals to get the beeper to interpret PCM audio. So depending on how rapidly they were sending pulses, the speaker would behave differently. And by manipulating the frequency of those pulses, they were able to get the beeper to sound uh, like a guitar or maybe more like a piano right. or make, right. make very interesting sounds. And uh, to be able to take PCM audio and crunch it down and send it to the speaker and have it play like an approximation of a human voice or, or an instrument sample, is just, it just absolutely blows my mind that this little one-bit device can do that. Yeah, it was obviously never intended for that. And seeing some of these artists push that capability uh, through this hardware is just outstanding. It's like, I never would have thought of that, you know, well, as a kid, I didn't think of a lot of things, but it just it wouldn't be something that I would ever assume would be an effective way to deliver content. And they, they figured it out. So I think it's really cool. There's a lot of things around the PC speaker to um, a community that has kind of grown, kind of reimagining uh, the one bit audio and doing some really wild stuff with it. And there's a lot just like, you know, uh, modules and other trackers that we see for uh, Amiga C64 and what have you, there are trackers and engines for the PC speaker. So Phaser 1 is a really popular one that was made by Shidu, who is, uh, he's really big in the one-bit audio scene. So we have a few tracks from him, but he's also done audio engines and all sorts of stuff. There is Beep Tracker, which is uh, another tracker that you can use to write code that will turn into uh, beeper music. And then a another popular one is Beepola, which is a free Windows beeper tracker. It can handle a ton of different beeper engines and it can render those files to MP3 as well. And I was really impressed by, by this application actually. It does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And on the website, there's even a list of the engines that it supports. And so this is something I didn't know. I was like, wow, there's about 12 to 15 different beeper engines that people have have developed that do different things like add more channels or, or tones and, you know, do different polyphony. And, you know, it's just really interesting to see the amount of love and effort that has gone into essentially creating music for hardware that was never meant to play it. So 
I think we have a really good lineup today that showcases a lot of stuff that the beeper can do using these different engines or um, different trackers and some stuff that's just really interesting in itself just about what the uh, the artist is pushing yeah for sure so let's back up and talk about that track that we came in with that was called end games and it was composed by the Ehrlich project and this is for the zx beeper this was released in 2011 uh, as part of a demo called the Oots Tape Number no. Two, and it also came out on the album Dat Fuzz. Dat Fuzz, which is like the best name for a Beeper album. <laughs> and yeah, the, the full album is done in nothing but one bit audio, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, the Ehrlich Project, also known as Oots, is a music producer, performer, and code artist from Amsterdam. Born in Eastern Germany, and then started composing his first music on a Yamaha keyboard at the age of nine. He now works mostly with old, obsolete computer hardware that was never f- intended for music production, and like the PC speaker. And he's done a lot of uh, shows and different concerts, kind of around his his trade, which is just these really obscure. So you know, I was thinking about this, like the next hardware that we we cover i'm sure we're going to hear more from Ehrlich project because it's going to be on something very obscure <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're starting to run out of stuff that we can easily find so <laughs> i'm sure um that something will pop up from him but this track itself we were talking about the sound engines for the beeper this makes use of a sound engine developed by shiru called tritone engine and what's really neat about this is it has three tone channels one percussion channel with 24 different sounds, manual note detuning capability, and skew effects that can change the timbre of individual notes. There's two player versions included, one with a different volume level for each channel and a second with equal volume levels. So there's really a lot of stuff that you can do. This is kind of an obscure engine in itself, in an obscure genre, in an obscure audio hardware thing. So it's like I'm, obscure inception. Really, Exactly. We're really digging uh, down the hole pretty far with this track, (laughs) but it's, it's a really interesting engine and that kind of bubbles up to the artists who put it all together. And I, I, I like it a lot. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just before we move into the next track, as far as historical significance of the beeper, uh, I remember that one of my favorite video game music composers, Tim Fallon and his brother, Mike were very instrumental in creating the original programs to make beeper music Mm -hmm. on the ZX Spectrum. Games like uh, Agent X would have incredibly crazy beeper music that sounded nothing like anything that had come before it. And then they even found a way to interface the beeper with the AY chip that was also in the later versions of the ZX Spectrum and get them to play in tandem with each other. So there's a lot of versatility with this device that goes beyond a little bit of what we're showing you here. So in future episodes, we might actually play some, some beeper slash... AY stuff, but for this episode, we wanted to keep it kind of pure and simple so you can get the full effect of it. Right, right. And this episode probably won't be too long because a lot of these tracks are average and we don't want to completely shred your eardrums um, <laughs> from like if for some of the tracks are they're a little bit rough, but they're they're still a lot of fun to listen to. Um, that's the other thing I was I was thinking about too when we were doing this episode. I'm like, it's it's almost like a cardinal sin not to play stuff from Tim Fallen on this episode because his stuff is so <laughs> so instrumental to how amazing uh, beeper stuff became after a lot of young individuals heard his music you know and they really I think that the influence can't can't be understated you know and um, this is a demo scene based podcast we're going to keep it to that not play any game stuff but there is a lot of really great game audio done it like Monkey Island too the beeper version of that music is 
phenomenal. And there's, you know, there's not a lot of other things that just can compare to that. So we are going to stick to the demo scene stuff. I think that track was pretty awesome and I'm looking forward to what you have next. So what's on the lineup? So the first track of the night I have is called Beeper Man and it's from Atari Tufty.
All right, that was Beeperman from Atari Tufty. And that was, actually, that was a hardware recording from the composer himself, which he released alongside the tape image file. Uh, and that was a 38 kilobyte tape image file, by the way. Uh, that took 70th place out of 325 entrants at the Battle of the Bits Winter Chip 14 compo. And I do believe this was the only Beeper song that was entered into that compo, so I can imagine that the uh, judges might have been a little taken aback uh, compared to the rest of the music, which is maybe why I placed <laughs> a little bit lower. Just a word of advice before we get any further, if you guys are listening in your car or like a high-fidelity stereo, and, and, you're, and you're finding these songs really grating, turn the treble down a couple notches, and it tends to really help with the listenability. Yeah, especially with the process tracks, like the ones through actual hardware, you get a lot more of the high end than the low end, yeah. which you would expect maybe from something that was unprocessed um, and went through like an emulator or, or something like that. Exactly. So that'll help you help save your eardrums a little bit on the higher stuff. Uh, anyways, getting back to the music, this was released by Beeperman, a.k.a. Richard Tufty Hollins, on February 10th, 2019, for that Winter Chip 14. I really like this one because it shows off a lot of the different sounds that the Beeper can create. We've got some genuine tones there, we've got some gritty stuff and some percussion, we've got some noise, we've got some filtery, sample kind of sounds in there, so this really kind of goes through the whole gamut of of what the uh, that little speaker can put out. And it's a pretty big sound for such a tiny little device. Like, you look at it, and it's kind of, it's smaller than a dime. <laughs> and I can't believe <laughs> this music can come out of two wires and, and something that's, like, the size of your thumbnail. It's so cool. What'd you think of it? I, well, first of all, we should have had a disclaimer saying, you know, for those of you with epilepsy, um, this may induce seizures um, <laughs> at, that, at that minute mark or whatever. But uh, this track was incredible all, pretty much all the tricks that we talked about in the um the top of the episode are pretty much being done here yeah <laughs> I, I think aside from like synthesized voice like this pretty much touches all the bases and uh it does it in a great way i mean this is a really fun track i am i'm loving it i, I thought it was great and especially that change i i think that how do i say this it's very um jaunting at the same time i like that kind of dancey skippy feel where it, it completely turns off the sound and your ears just go through this like wind tunnel of of noise and it's it's like an audio strobe light <laughs> exactly 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 so that's actually a strong point for it so i yeah. I, I really like that i thought it was good yeah i i like that it has a very euro dance feel it's very high energy he did a really good job with it um and and it makes sense because Richard's been making music on the ZX Spectrum and the Atari ST since the 1980s. He was pretty active on the Atari ST scene in the 90s. Now he writes almost exclusively one-bit beeper music. And he describes this song as a ZX beeper 90s-style dance track written with Tracker and using the Pytha engine by Erlite Project. So there's that Erlite Project name again. We're going to hear wow. Erlite Project's name, I think, a lot going through this <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. Uh, and then he he somebody asked him because this was obviously released on Battle of the Bits. Somebody asked him how he got a hardware recording, and then his response was was very informative to to how he put this together. So uh, I just wanted to to read what he said, and he he said to record from my real ZX Spectrum 48K, I first write the music in Bin Tracker, which saves a tape file that can then be played on a ZX Spectrum emulator or loaded into a real Spectrum. I use the Specky Tape iPhone app, which plays back the tape image as sound. This is loaded into the real spectrum via the ear socket with a lead from the iPhone to the Specky. When the music 
music is playing on the real Specky, I connect a lead from the mic socket to the mic line in on my laptop and record the music using Audacity. So this track came to you courtesy of a Windows PC. Holy moly. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah, a, a Windows PC to an iPhone to a Spectrum back to a PC again. Uh, and then Ooh. into our ears, which is which is really cool. And the Specky Tape iPhone app, I've uh, heard a little bit about, and it's really cool for. Uh, so the, the ZX Spectrum originally had like this little tape recorder, which acted as a storage device. Right, right. And you would hit play, and the ZX Spectrum would listen to the tape, and then the tones on the tape would load in a program. So the Specky Tape iPhone app will actually take those recordings, and you can just hook it up to the same headphone jack that you used to be able to do with the tape recorder, uh, plug your iPhone into the ZX Spectrum and load tapes in via your your cell phone. So I think I thought that was really cool huh. that he was able to do that with his own music to be able to get a hardware recording of this. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Now, it, going back to the ZX Spectrum real quick, I, I just want to mention something about uh, the hardware. So obviously, the ZX Spectrum came out and the AY chip was introduced, which was extremely popular and a lot of the demo scene stuff that we get is using that uh the ay chip for for most of the stuff like we've played a million times on the show now but what was really really popular was the 48k edition before the introduction of that chip and that's where the pc speaker kind of thrived and i think a lot of people kind of fell back to that later on to try to recreate some of those sounds so a lot of the music we're hearing from the beeper is through the uh, 48k edition of the zx spectrum and that's like i said it was where it really gained its popularity yeah necessity is the mother of invention but that's all you've got you got to make music with it you know yep 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 <laughs> all right man what you got next for us uh, well just moving down the list i guess um Okay, so yeah, why don't we play a track? This is called 30 and was composed by Factor 6 of the One Bit Wizards.
All right, that was 30 composed by Factor 6, or formerly known as Factor 6, um, also known as Akio Tenshi of the group One Bit Wizards. And that is a ZX Spectrum Beeper track released in July of 2013. And this came out on an album called uh, The Journey Begins that was done by the One Bit Wizards. And they have some notes in there. It says lush, fuzzy chords, clickly percussion. Yep, this is everything you need for a quality specky bleeper release. Featuring tracks by TDM, Mr. Beep, Mind Body Alpha, Factor 6, Ehrlich Project, Fluid Volt, Warlord, and Shiru. And so there's like four names in there we've already heard in this episode. Yeah. This was an album done by guys who know what they're doing. And uh, there was a lot of really great music in here. It was hard to pick one. And uh, I thought this one was just a, a, a fitting one uh, for the episode. It's a little bit different, a little more simple, less kind of wild, just um, color that we saw in some of the other tracks. But it still got a really cool groove, and I, I really liked it a lot. What'd you think? Yeah, the groove was the first thing that caught my attention. Uh, and it was the first thing I said when we started listening to the track. I was like, oh, that's a good groove. Yeah. Um, and, and from an educational standpoint, I really like that you picked this one, too, because the simplicity is a little more indicative of what the older beeper music sounded like on the early video games. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be playing before and after this track is very, very demo scene and not necessarily what people would be listening to uh, back in the early 80s when they were checking out some beeper music on their on their own ZX Spectrum. So I, I like that fact, too. Exactly. And it's, a, it's very easy on the ears. There's not a lot of crazy fuzz or jagged edges on the instruments. Uh, it's just a good down-home, happy, groovy tune. Uh, I couldn't find any flaws with it. It was just, it kind of like made my head bop the whole way through. Yeah, it's it's totally fun. And going back to what you're saying about the clicky, really abrupt percussion line that we hear in some of the other tracks, percussion is really hard to do, I think, on the beeper because you don't really have much to work with to make it have this very tight snare sounding um, sample, if you will. Yeah. And so um, I think having something, you know, just very like, clicky is what a lot of composers kind of fall back on because it gets the point across and it kind of stands out more than maybe something that would fall under the the radar a little bit more like something in the lower range that you might not hear and that melody um kind of lays underneath that and i think that might add to why some of these tracks turning down the treble or turning down the high end might kind of even them out a little bit more do you know what i mean Exactly. And I think that if you're, you know, going to try to opt to use maybe like a crunch down sample for a drum, you're also going to limit yourself as far as the instruments that can go over it because you're using up a lot of that speaker bandwidth with your samples and it's going to completely limit or, or destroy the, the, any momentum your melody has. So right, right, right. you're pretty much left to left to do little clicky sounds for your percussion if you want to, you know, have a good consistent melody in your song. If you want any percussion at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anyways, uh, let's see, Akio Tenshi, uh, who had changed his nick or her nick from uh, Factor 6, I guess, a few years prior to this, um, was a member of Liquid Skies Records and also Na Color, a uh, past member of One Bit Wizards, who put this album out, AY Writers, who we've heard on the show before, Anubis, Gemba Boys, and YM Digital, and a lot of other groups. He or she hails from Prague. Czech Republic and has done a ton of music, mostly on the Specky, dating all the way back to the early '90s. And so I was looking at some of this stuff on Demo Zoo, and it's just a list that just goes for days. 
really, really big artist in the scene though, and has, has helped organize Forever 2016 and 2017, and a few other kind of minor combos and stuff like that along the way. So really predominant artist in, in the scene. And so I'm glad that we can bring in some of this really kind of simplistic, but incredible music from this artist cool i'll look out for more of their stuff then if they've got a whole bunch more you know it's it's funny we've done 40 episodes and eventually we're going to start running into a lot more his stuff we try to be <laughs> as good as we can about getting new artists um kind of featured on the show but it, you know it's just a matter of time because we we like so much stuff by a lot of these guys so you know it's just a matter of time before we get back on you know yeah for sure all right what do you got next for us all right next up is a track called interstellar drift by an artist named Mr. Beep. Wonder what media he records in. Uh, He was also of the One Bit Wizards. (laughs) And and, uh, let's give it a listen. That was Interstellar Drift from Mr. Beep, and that was an 8-kilobyte AY file released in 2015, and I, I, I like this one. It's, it's got multiple personalities. Uh, it rips your eardrums apart at the beginning. Those tones are <laughs> like... They're pretty, pretty spicy. Yeah, the harshest you can probably get uh, from the beeper. And it ends on a really smooth note. It comes in with these really rich sounding chords oh, and ends man. on kind of a, a nice, relatively speaking, easy on the ears 
end. I, I think those chords at the end are incredible. Dude, it sounds so good. And look, I'm listening through headphones right now. And this music is going directly into my brain. It feels, <laughs> you know, it's like piercing straight through my skull. And uh, I I got to say, man, those, those sustaining chords, as fuzzy as they are, it just feels like warm and right somehow. Yeah. I know that might sound weird, but like, I, I don't know, it just... It makes my it feels like I'm doing ecstasy and I'm just like listening to music. It's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, especially because it's so diametrically opposite sounding to the beginning of the track that it, it really it's like what your it's like what your brain needs after hearing all those rough tones at the beginning. Exactly, you know? exactly. It's like like ice cream after like a marathon. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Or a spoonful of sugar after the medicine. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So this track was released at Multimatograph 2016, and it took second place in the 8-bit demo compo as part of the Rain demo by the group Life on Mars. I guess it was released by itself in 2015, and then Mr. Beep added it to that demo in 2016, and that's, that's when it won the award. I couldn't find Mr. Beep's real name, so we're just going to have to call him Mr. Beep. Um, <laughs> which is fine by me. <laughs> Works. He's a Polish chiptune slash micro music musician. And for this track, he used a Timex 2048, which was a ZX Spectrum clone, and it's one bit beeper. Uh, he was a member of the one bit wizards alongside other prominent beeper seniors like Ehrlich Project, Shiru, and TDM. Again, there's those names. Um, he's had releases on the ZX Spectrum going all the way back to January 2006, and he's been credited for music, code, and graphics on numerous projects he really doesn't want his identity known either <laughs> even his online avatars show him holding up a specky in front of his face so um mr <laughs> beep that's his name cool uh but yeah i really like this track i feel like uh he he has a good handle on how to use this beeper in multiple ways and in kind of very harsh dancey ways and also is kind of like a rock ballad uh way so he's really kind of showing off his stuff in this track that's why i wanted to add it in yeah and it's really cool that we can experience the sound through something like headphones right like you would never hear this music typically that way right true uh, most true. of this music you wouldn't hear typically at all but i mean you would never you would never hear it the way that we're hearing it right now this direct line in it, it creates this new experience that we we you know we didn't have you know 20 30 years ago or whatever so sure this is this is pretty incredible man I, I think this is a lot of fun yeah because back then people were using what tube TVs speakers on tube TVs through an RF connection which is already very lossy so well I mean it was it was it was PC speaker right so like you, yeah you were only getting it out of the hardware next to you it wasn't even coming out of your TV right that's true this is like <laughs> level below man. Um, but yeah, cool stuff. And I, it's, it's so fun, you know, like, I know I'm kind of having this, like this aha moment, but like, we're so fortunate to be it in this time to be able to experience so many forms of audio that we're just never meant to be listened to, you know, and there's so much more to experience, you know, like in future shows, I was just thinking like, oh man, we could listen to, you know, music from like a tiger handheld or something, you know, like, I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff, man. Yeah, man. You think of a device that makes sounds and somebody's made homebrew tunes for it. So I know. there's a, there's a show that can be made out of it, which is really awesome. I was thinking like I'll make some demo tunes out of like my tape deck when you press the play button and press the record button it makes that click sound and turn that into like a beat yeah. you know 
Anyways. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure somebody's I'm, done it. I know. There's probably a whole scene around it we just don't know about yet. <laughs> Anyways. You ready to move on? Yeah. So we've got a little showcase coming up. What you got next? Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to leave the explanation of the artist in, for you to say, but uh, this track is by Shiru. We've talked about it a few times already. We haven't played any tracks yet, but the track is called System Beeps, and this is for the IBM PC Beeper. So let's take a listen, and we'll be right back. That was System Beeps, composed by Shidu, or Shidu 8-Bit, using the IBM PC speaker. And this was released January 2019. So, this year, as part of a one-bit album titled System Beeps, the same name as the track. This is the first track in that album. And this is, oh, I thought it was incredible. I thought this was, this is probably my favorite track that I played so far. I thought this was so much fun and very easy to listen to, easy on the ears, and the melody I thought was really great. I like the fact that he decided to use a short like square wave pulse as percussion instead of the clicks. I think it gave it so much more uh oomph. Yeah. And since it was a dance track, it really made it feel like it was, you know, like a, like a heavy, like dance floor pounding kind of percussive element. Exactly. Uh, that really, really worked for this track. And he wasn't going for uh, a huge amount of polyphony and a lot of instruments going over each other. So he was able to use that that kind of oomphy bass drum sound without interrupting his song so much. So great choice. Right. Well, and I'll tell you why is you don't hear the polyphony is because there's nothing special about the software uh, synthesis for this. There's no mixing, no sample playback, no pulse width modulation tricks. This mm. is plain square wave generated by the sound channel of the Intel 8253 system timer, just a little bit faster. So instead of the standard rate, uh, it's 120 hertz. So yeah, instead of 18 to 70 hertz, it's 120 hertz. So it's a lot faster. Um, so you're able to do a little bit more, but this is straight PC speaker music. There is nothing going on that we heard in other tracks. And I think that that is kind of the beauty of this one, right? Has, having something that's that's really, really pure. And uh, you could listen to this on you know your computer right now. It's just a com file. That's really cool. And it's yeah. really cool that it's so listenable, yet so simple. There's a, there's a beauty in that for sure. He did a really good job. Yeah. And... I mean, just looking at um, the uh, the audio itself, everything is square wave, you know? It's just yeah. on, off, and there's just some, some really nice compositional effects going on. I think that this track actually has the strongest melody section 
out of all the tracks we've heard so far um, because it's not trying to it, it's relying more on that that top end than trying to do something really really like full of color and breath under the hood you know yeah absolutely so you want to hear a different side of shiru i totally do but you know what i didn't say his real name yet i found his real name do you want to yeah okay <laughs> yeah. well i think i think here so it's the, the name i found for so i found, i looked everywhere for shiru and it I came across one site that had it, and his real name is Alex Semenov, and he is a Russian composer. You did notes too, right? I think. Am I right on that? Yeah, Russian composer. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a lot of personal stuff on him. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's listen to your track and let's hear more about Alex Semenov or Shiru. All right. This one is called Catching Up, and this was released in July 2018, so a couple months before this track was released. Let's take a listen, and we might hear some different stuff from him. That was catching up from Shiru. That was an AY file at 29 kilobytes. Again, by Alex Semenov, released in July 2018. This came in second place at the Dehalt 2018 ZX Spectrum Beeper Music Compo. And very different sound from what we heard before. This is a much more processed and, uh, I guess, complicated sounding track as opposed to the very simple zero pwm track that we just listened to Mm, right what are some of the things that you noted about the differences between the two well you you know this one uh i was kind of going back to what we were saying what like three or four tracks ago about the simple versus the tracks that try to do something more clever and getting more rigid and kind of harsh sounding tones than the simple square waves, which are harsh in themselves, right? Yeah. In their own right. This is using a lot more of this this very kind of scratchy choppiness to the song rather than something that's a little bit more tonal that we heard in the last one. And so uh, I, I think when I first heard it, I, I wasn't really that fond of the first 10 seconds I heard. And I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a rough one to end on, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, man, you know, it it really does it really does pick up, and I and I think that 
Shiru, his stuff, the most, he, he, the strongest composer when it comes to melody for the beeper music that we've heard. And I think this, this track is no exception to that. It's just really, there's a lot of um, a catchy melody that we can take away from it. And so the music was really good and it was resonating pretty well with me. And I think that the, the percussion, as much as I liked the, the last track, this one was still really good. Yeah, uh, as far as the percussion goes, I was I was kind of listening to it, and because it's, you were saying it might be just a like a quick like on off like a like a noise channel kind of a deal. Um, I was trying to figure out whether or not it was actually like a sampled kind of a snare. I think you're probably more right than I am, but I was trying to figure out how he was doing that while also having a more melodic tone because it's usually not something that you can do very well. And I noticed that every time there was a uh, sustained note the note would change, so it would be a different note every time the snare hit. So he was doing some of like the tricks that you would do on the SID, where you would start, you would basically make that one kind of instrument, you would have that drum hit at the same time as the note started, so it would be all one right. kind of pulse, which is a really cool trick. Or it could be, and you know, I could be totally misunderstanding this, but it could be when you instantiate a note, where you initialize the the volume or something this because this is um probably using volume changing and stuff because i noticed there was some changes in volume am i right there oh yeah Did i get think the so. same thing yep. there, there there's probably at the same time um as soon as you turn on or create that that instance of the audio device it it's probably registering and creating that snap at the same time mm. we saw that like on other sound chips actually it's like plugging in uh, a microphone right you get that pop and when you plug it in and it's like this just quick nasty sound and maybe that's in his favor here when the notes uh, or when the beeper is actually initialized and turned on you get this pop at the same time as the audio tone that's being generated so maybe that works in his favor and he used that rather than keeping it active to um to create this kind of percussive effect at the same time as the note being played yeah that that's a very logical explanation too so uh, I guess only he really knows. I mean, that's just a total guess. It's, I, I'm just guessing. Yeah. You know. He's using cool tricks, I guess, is what we can boil it down to, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and and a person who can use really cool tricks or use none at all and still create awesome stuff for this this hardware. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Pretty cool. So a little bit more about Shiru, a.k.a. Alex Semenov. Uh, in, in inclusion to Shiru 8-Bit, he's also in the past gone by Shiru Otaku and DJ Uranus as a composer. Uh, he was the developer of the Phaser 1 Beeper music tracker, and he was a member of the 1-Bit Wizards, uh, Angel 2, which was a small two-member group that existed only in 2002, and IIPR, which was another two-member group that only existed from 2004 to 2005. And he's done composition, he's done coding, and he's also done some art as a composer. He's worked with a ton of different programming languages from Assembler to Python to C and Java. He's got a, a full list on his website of, of all the programming languages he's worked in, and there's like, there's over a dozen of them. It's insane. He's also programmed for consoles like the Game Boy, the NES, the Master System, Genesis, and the Super Nintendo, and computers like the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum, of course, the ColecoVision, and the Arduino. Uh, as a composer, he's written in MIDI, he's used DAWs, multiple tracker formats, though he says that the NES's 2A03 is his favorite sound chip. And he's done pixel art, low and high polygonal models, and he can draw by hand. So <laughs> he's just a master of everything. So what you're saying, so what you're saying is this guy likes computers. He likes everything. Is that what I'm 
<laughs> he likes literally everything. Uh, if and it's, he's good at everything, apparently. Yeah, so. he could probably program your toaster to make music if, if <laughs> even without a speaker. Um, awesome. Yeah, we'll have a link to his personal site in the show notes because he's got a dozen or more homebrew programs for the Speccy, the NES, and MS-DOS listed there, and some really cool like beta versions of trackers for the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, and more. It's a really impressive collection. So if you're a composer and you want to kind of fool around with some stuff, uh, Shiru's website is just a treasure trove of... Uh, cool homebrew stuff that you might not be able to find anywhere else that you might take some interest in. Yep. I was there earlier myself today. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, so that kind of wraps up the show. I I think we had a lot of interesting music, um, really good stuff, and got to explore this very lo-fi, you know, one-bit piece of hardware that is something that i don't think a lot of other shows can say they've they've tackled yeah absolutely and in our facebook group when we post the show there um below the show i'm gonna put some examples of like tim fallen's beeper stuff you know it's a lot of the more video gamey stuff just to right, just nice. to kind of demonstrate like what he did versus what the the demo scene does because i think uh you're gonna hear a lot of differences and a lot of similarities it's something that I think needs to be heard if you want to also appreciate a lot of the stuff that we've played today. Yeah, and this isn't the the best of the bunch at like at all. Like there's so much music to go through. Like I was actually I, I thought it was gonna be a lot easier than it was <laughs> to go through some of the music. There is so much yeah, out there, yeah. so much content out there. And it kind of it's a testament to all the different engines that we we heard about earlier in the top of the show and different trackers and different formats and different machines that have a pc speaker in them you know and uh it, it was just a lot more content than i expected and i think in the future as new episodes go we can add this to our arsenal and uh find even more cool stuff if you guys know any uh awesome beeper music that you want to share please leave a comment uh in the facebook group so we can all listen uh because i'm curious too you know like i only know some of the sources that ed and i have found and uh, I'm just sure there's plenty more stuff out there that we just haven't looked at yet. Yeah, I think this might be a kind of a controversial episode as far as opinions go over whether they like the music or not. So you can hit us up at ImpulseCast on Twitter, or you can visit our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash ImpulseProject. And uh, yeah, let us know what you thought. If you want to hear more Bieber music in future episodes, I mean, I'm sure we're going to you know throw a few in here or there, but if it's whether you've considered this a, a new awesome thing to listen to or whether it's something that you're going to run screaming from every time we share it on the show. <laughs> what do we got coming up? So I think next episode we'll probably do a free pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually, because there's a lot of tracks that, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a break. I had some personal stuff going on that I needed to just get ironed out. And then, like, my office moved and, like, I just had, like, work stuff. It was just it's over <laughs> and that's all i care about so uh, hopefully we're a little more regular um, we're trying to do one a month if we could do more awesome if we can't then you know it is what it is but the show's not going anywhere we're going to keep putting stuff out um whether it's a you know a week between releases or a year between releases i don't see this going anywhere um except for progressing forward so um if you guys like what you heard we have more episodes in our backlog that you can listen to we have 39 prior to this one with a lot of great music and um hopefully we'll see you guys 
guys in another few weeks for our next episode. Yeah, and we'd also love to hear what sound chips you'd like us to feature in future episodes. So let us have it. And if a lot of you guys are particularly interested in one chip, maybe that'll move to the top of the list. You never know. <laughs> you know what I was just thinking, actually, when you said that is um, my rice cooker at home has a has a beeper in it. Mine too. Yes, I, and dude. It, I should have played that, man. It has a little crescendo and, de- and decrescendo whenever you turn yeah, it on or off. Yeah, we probably totally. have the same one. Yeah, we probably yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, man, I, I should have came in with the episode with that one, man. Episode oh. forty-five, rice cooker music. Oh yeah, that's good. Anyways, um, yeah, if you guys uh, like the show, let us know. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back in a few weeks for the next episode. Take care, everyone. 